the 50K is worth less next year, but also what you can buy won't be as good because things are growing and we're on an upward trajectory. Hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Wealthy Podcast with Louis Heaton and Sam Assad. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. It's uh, lovely, bright in Sydney, so I think that lifts the energy a little bit. How are you fellas doing? Yeah, I'm well, Dom. Yeah, well. Good. Good, good. Okay. Well, today we're talking about how you can invest $50,000 into the Australian property market and I guess whether or not you can and what you can get for $50,000. We have mixed opinions about this. Um, some a bit more optimistic or pessimistic about what you can actually do with $50,000. So, you know, let's kick it off. Uh, before we jump onto what you specifically can go and buy, let's have a quick chat about the general property market at large, what's been happening, uh, the results that we've been seeing. Um, I want to just leave with Sydney is absolutely soaring. So it's soaring further and further out of reach of many Australian investors, particularly people that are here. So I must say that, you know, 50K in Sydney is looking pretty grim. Um, what do you guys think about it? Sam, can you buy much in Sydney for $50,000? Uh, an, an income producing asset? Absolutely not. Uh, maybe a, a parcel of land, regional, somewhere far out, three, four hundred kilometers out, maybe. Um, <laughs> but you, uh, you, you definitely need a dwelling to be built to, you know, to have on top for you to, you know, to make it a, a, a sound investment. So, um, in a nutshell, I'm going to say no. You're out of Sydney. Yeah, you're out of Sydney. Do you agree, Louis? There's, I mean. But the market has been running at, let me just pull this up very quickly. The annual return for Sydney is 18%. So that 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 hundred or $500,000 property is basically up to 600K. Um, what are you buying for 50K? What are you doing if you're trying to buy a property in Sydney? Nothing. Like, oh, I can't, you can't say nothing. I think if you... I've seen properties being bought with, with under $50,000. Um, they were utilized the NAB 5% deposit scheme. Yep. Um, it was one better, one bath in, in a, in a, in a Western, in a Western suburb. I think you can't buy, there's, there's nothing worth your, your $50,000 uh, in Sydney at the moment. No, I think if you're, if you're buying something that's just for the sake of buying, um, I think you're losing. Yeah, look, I, I do agree that there's it's pretty grim. The only way I can see someone getting into the property market or in Sydney property market with 50K is you're a first home buyer, you're not paying stamp duty, you're getting government grants, and you're probably buying a one bedroom. The only other way I can see you doing this is if you're doing a delayed deposit, you're negotiating with a developer and doing something tricky like we try to do where you're doing a stage deposit, so 5% up front, and you've got some time up your sleeve. So you can wait that 12, 24 months ago and save up the rest of your deposit. But even then, the, lend the lending situation is grim. I wouldn't want to be going in trying to get a 90% lend as a first home buyer. Uh, you're going to have to talk to mum and dad or get a guarantor or get a loan or beg, borrow and steal to get into the market. But you know, enough about Sydney. 
let's talk about what you can go and get in uh let's start with melbourne sam what what would you go and buy what can you go and buy 50k deposit in the melbourne market um so i just want to say that i'll 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 have to echo what you just said dom as well so the only way you can get into um you know the market with if you're capped at 50k is that you're milking all the government's incentives and uh you're a first-time buyer that is going to get away with stamp duty because if you are that purchaser we do have stock currently with wealthy at the moment they've got townhouses at 450 to 470,000. that all you would need is a 10 percent deposit um but there are purchase costs that are involved but Optimistically, what you can buy is probably a townhouse out west um, that's around that sub 500k range, or you probably will buy a one bedroom. Um, uh, you probably need to buy a um, you know a one bedroom in inner city, uh, you know five to eight kilometers out. There are some that are that have got a, a nice magical four in front of it. So um, so yeah, so that's that's really about it between the both. So either a townhouse further out from Melbourne, or if you want something in a city, you probably can find some uh, a one-bedroom apartment uh, and lucky enough with a car space as well. So so before we jump over to Louis, because I know that you like the Melbourne market, what's that townie look like? Is it a good investment? Do you feel satisfied? You know, with someone just kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel? I know some of our clients, you know, they are scared to go and just invest a 50K like, what am I actually going to get? Is it yeah. a good investment or am I just scraping in? No, actually, everybody thinks because, you know, you're at the the bottom end of that, of, of the budget barrel, that you're probably going to get some dilapidated, old, one-bedroom, needs a fixer-up or whatever it might be. In fact, the one that I just mentioned um, alone is a four-bedroom, you know, two-bedroom with a single garage, um, you know, investment. So, uh, on that front, to find something at four bedroom closer to the city, you'll probably be paying an extra two, three hundred grand for it. But but you're not in this case, so I think it presents some good value. Um, if, if you know if you are entering the market um, and you are capped with a budget, so I, I think it's a really good stepping stone to to you know dip your uh, dip your toe in. Yeah, I I, I I agree. I asked the question because other people that are obviously listening, uh, yeah, do, sure. you, do you echo those thoughts, Louis? How are you spending 50K in the Melbourne market or Victoria? <clears throat> um, yeah, exactly. It, it's, it, it comes at a 5% deposit, probably to negotiate a 5% at settlement or a delayed deposit. But without, you know, without repeating Sam for a couple of minutes, it's, it's exactly that. Like you can't, I think the, the one thing we, we have to do uh, immediately uh, as a as a, an investor is lower our expectation of an asset i think people with people with $50,000 i mean $50,000 isn't a, in a, isn't a sum of money to be um to be shun over that saved you know $50,000 in the in the property investment market isn't isn't a lot but it takes takes someone you know 10 years to, to save $50,000 more so it, it's it's a very it's hard work to get to that savings point and it, all that hard work it, it might put your perspective in a place of buying a big, beautiful house, but it's, it's simply not the case. And I think that um, we have to lower our expectation of, of the asset first of all, but there is still opportunity to, to buy an investment itself. It's interesting. You're right. Cause so much goes into saving that deposit and you spend a lot of time hoping, dreaming, thinking about all these different possible 
opportunities that are mm. out there in the market because you spent five years or three years getting to 50k then you start looking and you realize holy crap the market's run i can't actually afford anything so you're faced with two choices do i keep on saving at the rate that i've been saving and get something that i i want or and i'm, I'm going to compensate a lot that i probably like or do I just go and, you know, manage my expectations, get into the market, buy what I can and ride the market to use that equity and buy the next thing? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very impatient. Like Sam says, he flushes the toilet before he finishes. <laughs> it's giving too much away, but I'm impatient. So I, I'm very eager to get into the market, to use the 50K, to work it, let the market run and use that equity to buy something else. What are we going to go buy if you don't want to buy something in Melbourne? It just feels a bit weird and you, you don't want to buy one bedroom in Sydney and you can't get money from mum and dad. What are the other options? 50, what are the other options? 50K, if, <clears throat> 50K deposit, 5% now on exchange, 5% of settlement. Um, you can get a two bed, two bath, two car in Canberra, two bed, two bath, one car. Five, 10 Ks out of the Canberra CBD, light rail, you know, great connectivity, amenity. Um, and I think it's a, um, I think it's a time. I think the the spread between the Canberra apartments and the Canberra housing market is, is getting to a point where there must be, a, we've spoken about this and we don't want to harp on it, but we've spoken about this in other podcasts. We're getting to a point where there must, that gap must close. And I think there's an opportunity there. Um, but yeah, if you, if you put a, if you, if you split your 50 K up, to and we look at something that's that's five hundred thousand dollars. I think you, you put a five percent deposit, twenty five k down. It might be a, it might be eight months away. It might be a year away. You, you put that other twenty five k in your uh, in your savings and and you let that grow up a little bit to to save up for your for your stamp duty payment, which is payable uh, you know at settlement. And then you've got a two bed two bath investment on your hands in in the market that's that's going to run and, and and it'll move probably a lot during the time you've put that you've put that deposit down. You said something really important there. And I, I want to just point out to people, let's not turn your nose up at Canberra just because you don't know it or you're unfamiliar. There are now three markets that the median house price is over a million dollars. Sydney, Melbourne, and Canberra. Canberra ran at 20% year on year so far, or for the last 12 months, it's run at 20% price growth. Um, a lot of that has gone to houses. The units haven't moved really at all. We did a, we had Eliza Owen from CoreLogic put out a report and showed the spread between the houses and Canberra uh, apartments is massive. Houses are 75% more expensive than the apartments. That is due to the fact that the Canberra market has produced thousands of units through some major developers like your Geocons and, and APGs and a few other groups. But one thing that I think is critical is the market, the amount of units are being spread across different geographic locations that will slow down and population growth in Canberra will keep on going. Mm. And at some point, people are going to say, hey, these units are way cheaper than houses. I want to be in Gungal and I want to be in Woden. I want to be in one of these markets. So that's a real steal to me. Two bed, two bath, one car. 500k give me one of those instead of you know a house that's over a million dollars what do you think about the canberra market sam um I, I, look louis the, the 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 canberra expert here but i i, I just want to say that that 
if I was to choose between a million dollar home um, or outlawing a million dollars or getting to uh, a growing market like Canberra and getting value of two bedroom, two bar, 221 or 222, um, to me, you would rather get, you know, it's, it's not the quantity, it's not the value of, of, of something that you're, you're buying in terms of size. But it's something that that an investment that's going to grow long term. So, uh, and and I and I have to and I have to say that that I think that's where Canberra is leading to, where it's been the un- underdog with the reigning cities like Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. But I feel like it's got its own merits that it's catching up. That that it used to be the the, the forever four percent a year, and I feel like it's gaining some really good ground. Um, and and it's becoming quite tenacious in the fact that um, the yields are really really sexy. So, and I feel like the capital growth is going to match, um, in, you know, in the years to come. Yeah, the yields are sexy. <laughs> I will say that I do like the yields there. You can, it's not many markets you can go and rent a, a house out for a dollar per thousand. So 500K, you rent it out for $500 or more per week. And when you're, you're locking in interest rates at 3% or less, you're making money from day one. What more do you want from your investment? I agree. And, and let's go to the um, what has been an ugly duckling for many, many years, the Brisbane market. What are you fellas spending $50,000 in the Brisbane market? Do you like it? Do you believe in the story? What are we buying? 50K. Let's start with Sam because I know that you've been, you've been looking at that market for a while now and you've got long experience in that area. Look, um, I'm slowly becoming a, a, a big converter, um, you know, in the Brisbane market. And, and obviously now there's that hustle and bust with, with the Olympics, um, you know, that, that's, that, that's now being confirmed, which I believe is also a driving factor in, in market growth. There's always, you know, that, that um, simmering hot anticipation of something to happen. And I feel like with, with, um, there's been past examples with other cities that have held international events like that and people have sought interest into and I feel like that's also part of the drive of people getting to but what really is starting to interest me about the Brisbane market putting aside the Olympics is the fact that the scarcity of 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 owner occupiers wanting to be in certain pockets of of Queensland itself presenting uh, you know a really good lifestyle it's already known to have this coastal um you know very chilled relaxed um you know environment but I feel like now people are latching on to, um, you, know, uh, you know, buying into their, living in there, um, uh, putting aside that Melbourne and Sydney where it's, it's on a faster pace. I feel like that, that is also driving people to go up north um, and spending some money there and, 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 and having families and living there. You've said a lot of really important points. I just want to unpack a few of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, one one was the fact that the Brisbane Olympics is coming, right? That's huge. Yeah. And if you have a look at the data from the previous Olympics and the impacts that they've had in both um, like world cities and, and uh, developing cities, you're looking at price growth in excess of 40, 50, 60% over a seven to, seven to 10 year time period, which is nothing to sneeze at, right? That's a huge amount of growth. Massive. Like you buy a 500K property, you've made... If it grows 50%, it's $250,000 on your original investment of, say, 50 or 100K. That's a huge return. The other thing that I thought that you said was very interesting is um, migration. Everyone's running out of Sydney, running out of Melbourne, going up to some to Brisbane. 
And this whole COVID environment has allowed us to work from home, do digital sessions like this. Now, suddenly moving to the Sunshine Coast, the Sunshine Coast, the Gold Coast, Brisbane, you know, you can go buy a nice home for five hundred to say eight hundred thousand dollars, live near the beach, and have a really good quality life. It's become a palatable choice. People are choosing to do that. So yeah. There's a really strong owner-occupier demand up there, and I guess therein lies the opportunity to get the sort of short, medium, and long-term growth. Mm. But Louis, what are you going to buy for, for with fifty k in Brizzy? I know that you've got some clients now buying some nice packs. Uh, I, I think you've got to buy land. Like you have got, you, it's a, it's a no brainer. If you're going to go to Brisbane, you've got to get a piece of land content. I don't think it's, I don't think there's value yet in, in the apartment space or the, or the, or the closer city ring townhouse space. I think you have to get a piece of land. Um, and that's simply, that's, a, that's a simply an opportunity that you, you can't do in Sydney or potentially Melbourne with 50 grand. So, if you're going to use 50 grand and you're stuck on Brisbane, or you're going to look at Brisbane. Um, yeah, you have to get a piece of land that, and and 50 grand could get you a piece of land upward of sort of 400 square meters. So that's that's a a nice piece of land, brand new build. But that's the thing I'll be looking at, and that's probably the only thing I'll be looking at if you if you're going to be uh, wanting to invest in the Brisbane market. And is there a risk there? I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Of course, house and land. Sometimes you've you've got this. This valuation you're gonna get, risk. Yeah, you're going to get vowed bad. And that's, um, I was speaking to a few developers and a friend of mine up there and he said, um, it's like, he said, it's, it's normal for 10 to 10 to 15% under, like under vowed straight away. He said, that's an 40 K under. He said, that, he said, that's sad. He said, that's sad. So we, for example, we had a property that was vowed about 20 K under and it was, it was worth what's that? Uh, 400 grand. So that's 5%. Is that right? Five percent, yeah, five percent. And then he said that is, he, he was, uh, he told me he was stoked by that. That's a, that's a, an amazing result. He said value is up here. They're, they're not, not doing the right thing, but that's just the going market rate at the moment, sort of five to ten percent. And, and in some cases, if you're not getting enough bathrooms, it hasn't got an, a, a value. We can't look at it. Um, you know, you got to put your best foot forward. Four bed, two bath, four okay. bed, three bath, two car. Um, big land components, probably putting your best foot forward to, to see valuations come in on a um, on a good level in a, in a in a suburb that has good connectivity amenity. It's a, it's a sort of established community, um, but I think that the trap in Brisbane at the moment, cheap, it's very cheap, and and it can cheap is cheerful, but in that particular market, cheap isn't better. I think you, I think I don't think you can go and spend. 350k on a on a property because the the gap you're going to make up with the the vowel and everything else it's going to you're going to eat up your 50k pretty quick but if you go spend somewhere near 450 and uh, and you've got a really strong chance of the vowel coming in on contract price i think you you might go over a little bit of your 50 grand but that's that's a better investment i would say Okay, so you just got to be tread carefully when you go into the Brisbane market. Very much so. Because, you know, valuers are what they are. I've had my experiences on completely irrational valuations. I had a property that had three valuers come out. One came, you know, 20K under, one went 30 or 40K over, and one went like 100K over. So that was odd. I took the 100K over one, just in case you're wondering. That's because I was revaluing the property to go get some finance unlocked from the property to then go buy something else. 
nonetheless, look, I, I think that this valuation issue is a thing. And I do believe in the Brisbane market. There's certainly opportunity everywhere. You've just got to be careful. You've also like, you've got to be careful. You've got to have a really good mortgage broker, Dom. Um, you might have a you might have an established relationship with a you know your your brother's partner might be a mortgage broker. Um, you might your, your best friend might be a mortgage broker, but I think you've got to have you've got to speak to a, a broker who's done the Brisbane market before, done the house and land pack options, or done whatever your investment may be before. And is familiar with the banks and, and what's happening and, and up-to-date knowledge because uh i think when times do get tough when they will when you're buying something up in brisbane it's easy to roll over and it's easy to say um yeah, or, or just or give in to the valuation or give in to the the circumstances but some brokers won't and some brokers can can manage expectation as well so that's a good point because for all of you listening out there all all brokers aren't made equal some banks have an appetite for an area and they want to lend money there. Some banks don't want to lend money there because they're overexposed and they will choose the right uh, valuer. They'll, they'll choose to make the lending requirements more difficult and they just won't want to give you the loan. So it does make sense to work with the right broker and, and please listen to me. If you're going to take something out of this when you're choosing a broker, the interest rate isn't the most important thing. Getting the loan is the most important thing. And then after that, all the other stuff follows. But you got some experience working with good or bad brokers. A little bit off of top topic, but I just wanted to... Yeah, look, that. the way I see mortgage brokers, there's a lot of them out there. Um, and there's ones that say they're experienced. And then there's ones, you know, that, are, that work directly for a top tier bank and will give you a, uh, will give you a, a, a one product solution. So... If you are listening, you need to find a mortgage broker that's a solutions-based mortgage broker that's got access to 40 to 50 funders that will find the correct scenario for you, the correct structure that works personally tailored to you. So don't be disheartened if, say, you go to a, a mortgage broker from a specific bank that says no because they might not suit you. But other funders would love your business and people want to work with you. So, and that's something that I've seen in, in my experience in the last 10 years where I've seen the, the good and the, the ones that have just done a six week course and are, are telling you they can't help you. So uh, be wary of that as well. Mm. All very good points. So just to sort of round out this 50K coming into the market, if you're out there, you've got 50K. One thing I want to tell you is you've got to be ready to go to war. It's not, it's not going to be very simple for you. And you've also got to manage your expectations because 50K is a lot of money in some ways because you can buy a hell of a lot of shoes, you can buy a car, but there's not a lot of property you can get with 50K. So you have to lower your expectations, be prepared to travel or do things that, that other people aren't willing to do. You know, do a house and land pack, work with a mortgage broker, fight with a bank, negotiate on a contract, Maybe buy with a friend or partner, ask your mum or dad to go guarantor, use all the government grants. There are things available to you if you're spending $50,000, but you've got to muster more courage. You've got to be a lot more thick-skinned and you have to fight a lot harder than someone that's sitting on their laurels and they've got three or 400000 Agree. Okay. 
So, gents, we've got some. We've got a. We've got to go across to the UK market. We're going to get Chris, our UK correspondent, to just give us a breakdown on what's happening in Europe, the UK. I love hearing what Chris has to say. So, over to you, Chris. Quick update from the UK on what's been happening over the last week. So, as I touched on last week, the pandemic has really shaken the market up in terms of buying and selling. Uh, national house prices are still on the rise, and there's really no sign of them slowing down just yet. When we're looking at the rental market, and in particular in London, it's been somewhat different. Uh, rents have been dropping over the last few months, and demand is down year on year in Q2. West Central and West London have seen the biggest drops and they're both down 4% when compared to last year. In terms of specific areas, Chelsea saw the largest drop of a whopping 15%. Earl's Court saw 11% drop and Dulwich recorded an 11% drop as well. And then it's interesting to look at it when you exclude London from the equation and look at the UK as a whole. And rents across the UK actually increased by 1%. So I think as the vaccine continues to be pushed out at the rate that it is pushed out, uh, and the nightlife returns, the nightlife and entertainment industry returns um, to these capital cities, more so London and Manchester, Liverpool and Birmingham. I think we'll start to see a shift in the younger demographic returning to these capital cities um, and they'll be able to find work and, and the industry is back and pumping. I think that will really start to increase the demand for rentals in London in particular. And we'll start to see a reverse in the current trend that we are experiencing over the next few months. And I think in the build up to Christmas, when it starts to get busier, um, we'll start to see the trend and the demand for rental start to go through the roof. So hopefully we stay on track. Hopefully the roadmap uh, out of these COVID restrictions stays on track. And uh, yeah, we'll continue to see some very positive signs from the UK. Um, I hope you guys have a great podcast and we'll speak soon. Thank you. Bye. Chris, that was a really interesting breakdown. Thank you for doing that. Um, it's, it's weird to hear that some markets are dropping in value or have had that dip, uh, particularly in the rental market. Um, it, it's, it's interesting to hear because we have had a similar circumstance in our major metropolitan hubs. So cheers for that breakdown. We appreciate you, you giving us the heads up on some particular areas. Um, gents, let's, let's, let's go to our listener question. We've got Christine from Instagram who has a question here and, and it is, what are our thoughts on entering the property market with a 5% deposit? Uh, I, I just, I think... That's that's a good question, but I think that's a, a question that only a mortgage broker should really genuinely answer because they can really give you an understanding of affordability and what that means from a perspective of, you know, a, a, a borrowing standpoint, what it will cost you um, and what that really generally means to you from a, from a risk point of view because... Um, there are flexible developers out there that do accept 5% deposits and happy to take a 5% deposit. But I really think it's more so, um, you know, you being to understand your own personal, uh, you know, say finance scenario, um, what that generally means for you. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's an interesting point you raise there. Just because you can sign a contract with 5% doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get finance at 5%. Yeah. 
What do you think, Louis? No, nah, it's a um, it's a it's a to- it's a question that we get asked a lot. I think that people can be confused with uh, exchanging on a five percent and then also getting a loan uh, for five percent. So it's a yeah, as 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 what you both said, it's a question for your for your financial advisor, question for your mortgage broker to see where your capacity to borrow is. Um, it, it does seem that getting in for a five percent deposit to a property on, on as per exchange is really good because it lowers your, you know, it lowers your, your, your barrier to entry, but there will be, uh, if you don't look into it carefully, there'll be consequences when it comes to settlement. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I really like the idea of getting in with a 5% deposit provided you know what your exit strategy is. You like debt though, Dom. So <laughs> I do like debt. But debt's and, and I, yeah, you, you want to be able to manage it, understand what your costs of that debt are and how much income you're going to receive. But I'm also okay with 5% if I've got enough time to save the remaining 5, 10, 15%. 100%. Agree. You know, if we've got if we've got three years and I really like the asset and it makes sense, then sweet. Here's 5%. I'll wait. The market's going to rise or I believe that market's going to rise and Take the money because I've I've got a position on a good asset. It's almost like it's almost like having an option on a property. And Sam knows more about options than most. And you know, if you believe that the asset's going to rise and you can secure it with a five percent deposit and you can save on your way through, then then I think go and look at it, do it. But certainly go and get financial advice and talk to your broker and find out how the hell you're going to go and settle on the property because mm-hmm. you don't want to walk away from that sum of money. Mm, true. Okay, guys, that was a good show. We got to have a lot of uh, good conversation about what you can do with 50K. Um, any parting thoughts, Louis, that you want to leave to our guests and people that are listening? No, I think that the the discussion around the $50,000 mark, I think it's a, um, I think it's a sum of money that is very... We, we hear a lot today for your first-time investors. We hear that 50K, whether or not they have 55, whether or not they have 45, um, there seems to be average of $50,000. Uh, and I think, I think when you, what my opinion is, when you start to, when, you, when you're saving on your way, I think when you hit the 45 to $50,000 mark, you can, your, your brain almost opens up. Okay, I can start thinking about property or I can start thinking about, um, buying, I've got enough money to buy a property, but I think the the thought should start way before then. You know, when when you get to twenty five, thirty thousand dollars, start thinking about what we can do with fifty when you get there, because you know there might be some there might be some schemes, there might be some ways to get in and and, and maneuver your way in, um, but it, it just might mean that you have to get your your ass into gear once you uh, once you commit to something to to save that extra bit of coin. Agreed, Sammy. Parting um, thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if there are options that $50,000 that can get you into the property market now, chances are that $50,000 next year won't be as valuable as it is today. So, um, so either you, either you do something or, or, or you wait, um, and, you know, and, and, and take the procrastination route, I guess, and, and, and see that the dollar just devalue and you being further outreach from uh, a property purchase. Listeners, if you're going to take one or people watching, you take one thing out of this, 
your 50K is going to be worth less next year. Quote from Sam. Jenny, can we wrap that one up and have like a meme now? Because he's right. The 50K is worth less next year, but also what you can buy won't be as good because things are growing and we're on an upward trajectory. I I suffer from FOMO, so I don't know how the hell all of you save to $100,000, dollars $300,000 soon as you get to 50, get into the market, start talking to the team. Thank you very much for listening to the show, watching. Um, we're trying to get up our subscribers. So please subscribe, send it to your friends. Make sure they click it, even if it's just your mom and dad and family and cousins or whatever. We really appreciate that. Uh, have a lovely day. Stay safe. And we will see you next week. Catch you all later. Au revoir.